Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. With over 1,400 shows, we have the answers for you. Enjoy your listening on SelfDiscoveryRadio.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody, and welcome to Sarah at Positive Living Vibrations. And today we have a topic on fertility. Fertility, where would we be without it? If we were not fertile, we would not be here. We would not have the earth. We would have nothing growing whatsoever. Fertility is at the very root of everything. And today we have Dr. Stacy Mobley on, who's going to be talking to us about fertility in uh, this day and age. Of course, in the past, there will be ceremonies towards fertility, uh, the goddess of fertility, um, lots of um, particular things done to make sure that a woman was fertile because if she wasn't then there was not a continuum of the human race or of the family name and of course if anybody has watched uh, Game of Thrones we all know what lineage uh, means when it comes to that family name being continued. So let us try and understand what fertility is today and are there people that are still you know, unable to have children or are there things that we can do today? That um, that are easier than what they used to be in the past, because I I don't kind of see people out there kind of doing that fertility dance anymore. But maybe there is. I did pick up that noise, so I'm going to make sure he knows that. <laughs> are you right by a car? Oh, I'm by a window. Ah. Maybe that. Oh, that's really good system. It picks up a lot. Let me yes. find a space not near a window. I like my sunlight. Let's see. I am. I am too. Okay. I'm away from all windows. <laughs> Close your eyes and imagine the sunlight. <laughs> yes. I'll get him to edit this little bit out. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So let us find out really what fertility is today. And let's bring Dr. Stacy Mobley on. And she's a founder and CEO of Bliss Natural Medicine, LLC, specializes in women's health and natural fertility. She is the author of the forthcoming book, 24 Ways to Boost Your Fertility Naturally. It comes out this fall, so it should be out any day now. She provides virtual and in-person support to busy who are, uh, professionals and entrepreneurial women through workshops, retreats, private group programs, and speaking online and offline. She sets out to rock the phone nation notion that hormones only need a key, keen eye once you hit menopause. In her eyes, hormones will go way beyond the sex organs. Ooh, that sounds like it's going to be an interesting topic right there as well. So let's first hit the fertility. Um, you may have noticed if you looked on the uh, web page that we kind of put some questions out there that we're going to be addressing. And I think we start off with that first one on uh, three must-known and no facts about boosting your fertility. So, Dr. Stacy, how about you come on and tell us, how do we boost those that fertility? I myself am well and, well and truly outside of that window um, and you know, waiting for grandkids. But there are a lot of people today that have put off having children until later because of their careers. So suddenly they find themselves n not that able to have children, as easy it was it being 10 years prior. So how does somebody boost their fertility? 
Oh, Sarah, I want to start by saying thank you for such a wonderful introduction. Um, and I'm really happy to be here with you guys today. And I intended for the three ways to boost fertility to be the title of the talk. So let's, I want to take a step back first and just define what fertility means. Because I feel like this is something that's kind of talked about in general, but no one ever digs and really tells the definition of this. Mm-hmm. And so fertility are, let's talk about the word infertile first. So infertile, the fer, I don't like to use that word at all, is defined as an inability to become pregnant within 12 months or a year's time frame. And if you're over the age of 35, within six months, that's the definition of infertile. And for me, being fertile goes well beyond being able to have a child. This is a true blessing. But also when it comes to our ideas, people forget that we're in um, a state of conception all throughout our lives, Um, whether it's physically birthing a child or birthing an idea and Mm -hmm. growing a business is what we've talked about before. So that all plays a role in fertility. Um, so yeah, so we'll start with the first one and the first step to boosting fertility naturally is actually to just sit down and see where you're starting from. A lot of people hear this word infertile or boosting fertility and they just run off with everything that could be done under the sun. Well, you need to start with looking at you as an individual and seeing what your starting point is on a health level. On your mental level, what are your thoughts? What do you think about yourself? What do you think about your relationship? Why do you want a child? Um, And just really start there. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's actually a good place to start, isn't it? And a lot of people just want babies. Um, And it's but there isn't a person on the horizon to have these babies with. Or they decide, you know, the clock is uh, ticking. They're going to have a baby with somebody whether that person's going to be around or not. And that may get you pregnant, but it's um, it's not going to, you know, be part of the equation ongoing, is it? So I think that need to have a child, you have to look at the whole package of what you need to give that child rather than just the getting pregnant. Exactly. And that, exactly. And in order to have a healthy pregnancy that leads to a healthy baby, we forget that we ourselves need to be healthy. Mm-hmm. We're we're the fertile ground that that seed is going to be planted on. So you have to start with yourself, with you and that your partner. I'll say that to make it a little bit easier. You and your partner both have to be in a healthy state in order for that to happen. And that's um, a healthy mental state, not just physical. I mean, um, yes, most certainly physical. If you want to give that child a chance and, and not have them, you know, have deep-rooted, seeded problems because of your health. But, you know, the mental aspect, um, you know, nine months is a long time to be pregnant. And there's a lot of emotions that you go through during this time. And you need to know that, that your partner is there in support of um, of these emotions and um, and sometimes maybe some pitfalls along the way. And you really want to be having this child, like you really want to have this child and you're ready for it. Um, and you're in it together because it really does have an effect on the child, doesn't it? Hormonally and every other way. 
Exactly. Exactly. I always say that health, your physical health is the last manifestation. It always starts with your mind, your mental, your spiritual side. That's where it starts. And you start to feel it even years later. So it's very important to have that aspect in place. Why do you think it is that some people, I mean, there was a great um, skit back in England. I think it was the 60s or the 70s. It was a Monty Python thing where there's a woman cooking at the kitchen sink and there's just kids everywhere throughout the kitchen. And she's busy talking to someone, being in a fake interview. And all of a sudden you hear, oh, there's another one. Somebody pick that up. (laughs) And it just was kind of, you know, the old Mother Hubbard in the shoe or something. But, you know, there are some people that just can get pregnant at the drop of a hat. You know, what is it about them that makes them so fertile that, you know, all they have to do is think about it and they're pregnant? Oh, that's such a great question. And I get that along with how can Kim Kardashian have a baby and I can't, which we don't know. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know Kim Kardashian personally. Um, (laughs) So saying that is a beautiful question. And I will say it just really genetics play a role in it, too. Um, We can't deny our genetics, but I do believe our genetics don't rule us. There are a lot of things that we can do to shut genes off just as well as we shut them on with the decisions that we make in our daily lifestyles. But um, genetics play a huge role, especially in those people who are able to just get pregnant so easily. But then I will say as a caveat that we never really truly know someone's story unless they share it with us, Sarah. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know how long they've been trying, even though they may have five kids now, how long they were trying before they have those kids, unless they share the story with us. So that's another caveat I will add, because I do know there are some instances where people have had, they've been trying for two, three years, and then all of a sudden people just see, oh, they're pregnant with a baby. So (laughs) it's like the overnight sensation. It took them 15 years to get there. Yeah. Um, I have actually only one tube and one ovary um, because I had an etopic pregnancy um, many, many, many years ago. And I was actually told I'd never have children. They actually thought I had um, womb damage and everything else. And they said, you know, be prepared, never have kids. Well, that was the worst thing they could have said to me because that's, you know, for me, children was everything. And uh, I proceeded to have four pregnancies after that, miscarried one, but carried three children uh, with one tube and one ovary. So... You know, if if we get these, um, I don't know, I always say to a doctor, be very, very careful what you tell somebody and what they can't do. You know, just say, you know, what your obstacles might be, but you can never say never. I was told you will not have children. Here I have three wonderful grown-up adult kids now. Uh, I just knew I always would have them. And it was just, um, there's the ovaries and the tube on the other side. And that's obviously where they came from. So, you know, don't let those obstacles get in your way. And a lot of the... Exactly. It really is. And Sarah, I have to agree with you very much on that. Because as a doctor or physician, I am very careful with my words. Because I know that mm-hmm. when it comes down to the end of the day, I'm just another human being. I do not have the special mm-hmm. rule book of plays I don't know what's in store for that person's future so I try my best to lay out like you said the pros and the cons but also leave hope yes because when they believe when you believe something miracles happen when you have that little little seed of belief 
So I try to leave room for that because it's possible. And absolutely. And, you know, like sometimes, you know, it may end up at the end of the day that it's not you birthing the child, but, you know, adopting a child and still being that mother. Um, You know, we don't really know what our path is until we walk it. But I do get rather despondent, you know, when I do hear people saying, no, but I was told I can't, or I was told this, or I was told that. And it's like, well, what does your heart say? What does your soul say? You know, uh, your spirit. And you have to try. You have to try and believe. And then at a certain point, then you go, okay, I'm, I'm still meant to be a mother, but maybe not to be a mother in this way. There are a lot of unloved children in the world that need a home. And maybe this is the way I need to go. Kind of at what point? I mean, I know it measured by each person individually. But, you know, at what point would you say that somebody has been trying for so long, done everything they can, they've had the mental aspect, they've done everything that you can help them with that, you know, maybe their destiny is to adopt and not to have. Heavy oh, question. Great... <laughs> yeah, that is a very heavy question because it's very difficult to gauge. Mm-hmm. So I would say, again, I put it back. I, we talk about the pros and cons, what we've tried. And then I put it back in that person's hands. Cause I believe in giving power back to the person who should have it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and just really having them to reflect, and I say them as a couple, but if it's an individual, that's fine as well, to reflect on their why. Why do they want the child in the first place? And really start to reassess that and look at what like what you just spoke about, those other avenues that they could still birth things because they are all the time and I kind of remind them of that you know the last time you got a raise at your job that was because you came up with a new idea you can do the same thing here in your personal life so we really try to reevaluate and look at their situation and say okay where are you comfortable enough because some people don't they're not comfortable with adopting other people's kids but would you feel comfortable adopting a pet until you reassess your situation and determine from there where you truly want to go i've heard so many cases of people finally giving up and uh, adopting a child only to get pregnant exactly you find that commonly yes i do and it really comes to what we talked about earlier in our conversation that mental aspect because they probably have a sigh of either relief or they have the side that, okay, I've done all I can do. Now it's time to refocus on something else. And when they refocus on that something else, they're taking the stress and strain and mental exhaustion off of that. And then now it can flourish as it was supposed to in the first place. Yeah, because, you know, isn't it true with absolutely everything in life? The moment you start worrying it, it's like a sore. You keep worrying it, keep touching it. It's not going to heal. Uh, and if you want something to happen, you, you know, there is manifestation but uh, and belief in that manifestation. But the, at the same time, there isn't um, dictation of how and when it should happen. If it is to happen, it will happen when it is meant to. Uh, not when you kind of say, but I want it now, you know. <laughs> and maybe you aren't meant to, to get pregnant early. You know, maybe just cosmically the world is working in a different way and you're meant to be a slightly older parent. So there is there are those factors sometimes that come into play that are beyond us and beyond our knowing. Exactly. I completely agree. The belief, the manifestation, your thoughts, as well as matching actions. <laughs> so if somebody comes to you and says, okay, I really do want a baby. Um, I, I We've been trying. 
I don't know what to do. It's not happening. What is the, you know, kind of the first steps that you take them through? Obviously, find out if there's a physical issue to do with it. But, you know, what are the general steps that somebody uh, will go through with you? Yes, that's a great question. And um, the physical steps is one thing that we really. Whoops, I lost you. Are you there? Uh oh. Hello? Can you hear me now? Uh, yes, yes, you're back. Okay, sorry about that. That was my, I hit the wrong button. Um, (laughs) So what I would say, yes, ruling out the physical is very important because you want to make sure there's no physical blocks there. But for most fertility cases, um, the physical component is only about 10 to 20%. So there's still the 80% who has what they call idiopathic, which means they don't don't know why you're infertile, basically. Mm -hmm. And the first step would be to reassess and evaluate their labs so you get blood work done and sometimes working with a doctor like me I would ask for additional special blood work in addition to the usual blood work that's run to determine why you may be infertile and I will start to really what I call look at the basics so I'll step back and say okay for both partners um, how is your thyroid functioning how is your GI system functioning? Are you constipated? Are you having daily bowel movements? What's your liver functioning like? So I can go through all the organs and really look at it from that standpoint. And that's what I mean by going beyond the sex organs, going beyond the ovaries and the uterus, because they all play a role together to keep your body really clean and functioning perfectly. And for some women, they say, well, you know, I really want this child. I'm, I feel like I'm in childbearing age. What is the problem Mm -hmm. and I explained to them how intelligent their body is Mm -hmm. our bodies are very intelligent and there's a time and place like we spoke about for everything so if your body does not feel that this is the time to have that baby because you need to address some things with yourself it's going to make sure that doesn't happen it is that doesn't mean that it's never going to happen and also we need to look at the the fact that, you know, baby, yes, it's flesh and it grows with you in the flesh, but that spirit has already chosen you. That soul and spirit has already chosen you. Um, and it will come when it's, when the time is right. You know, um, I'm, I'm an empath, I'm a, I'm a reader and very often I'll, I'll read like, ah, there's going to be a baby that's going to come. No, no, I'm not ready for a baby yet. Babies can't come for another few years because I've got this and that to do. And I said, well, terribly sorry. But this baby's booked. <laughs> this baby will come, you know, and it's decided you're the parent and, and it will come when it's ready to come. It's the same as birthing, right? You know, you can't hurry up the actual delivery. That baby will come out when that baby wants to come out. And sometimes we have to just kind of listen. <laughs> exactly. Just listen. And there's a lot of things that most of us have to do. So we just shift our focus to where it needs to be at that moment. And just take that deep breath and know that there's a timing for everything. Because every parent that I've known that had a timetable, just like it is with finding the love of your life, the timetable, <laughs> you know, in hindsight, they always say, and you can probably attest to this too, Sarah, mm-hmm. in hindsight, they're always glad it happened when it did. Yes. I, I had uh, planned that I would have four kids by 24. And I had my first one at 28. So, you know, clearly there was a different plan going to be going on there. But, mm-hmm. And, you know, I look back at me at 24, uh, no, <laughs> it's just as well I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they, they come when they're meant to come. And, uh, you know, that there is, um, you know, uh, there is the 
blueprint of our astrology chart, our numerology chart, our, our um, birth chart. And those things kind of dictate who we are, you know, manifest a creator, this, that, etc. Um, but also a, basically our blueprint of our plan. Now, you know, some people will argue, well, if there's a blueprint of our lives, you know, where do we have any control? We have control on how we how we walk that path and what we do on that path. But that path is pretty well laid out of what is expected of us as beings. And if that baby is due later on in life, it's because there's something you need to achieve first or a place that you need to be before that baby or the partner. You know, how many people get married you know, young and think this is going to be the person and then, you know, two years later they're divorced and then it's that second partner that they meet and finally they found love of self. That is ending up going to be the perfect father. So we have to follow the road, don't we? Exactly, I agree. And and that's a lot easier said than done. Yes. But we do and we've all experienced some version of that and we will continue to experience versions of that as long as we're living and I think that's honestly what makes life beautiful and what help us to appreciate how much we are and aren't involved at the same time mm -hmm. because I I would say Sarah if I had to make all the decisions like I had to tell myself to breathe and also try to figure <laughs> out my next steps and you know everything else I would be pretty tired yes. and overwhelmed so I'm kind of glad there's another component yeah I 100% <laughs> agree with you you know this is let things come naturally and you know when when we talk about you being in a natural practitioner um you know you're using natural products but you're promoting the, the also the natural process and you know letting things come when they're meant to come and just follow a, a procedure and when the time is right it will happen um I would imagine in today's society where everybody's become so kind of instant and there's a drug for this and a label for that, that is it hard for some people in this generation today to accept that natural process, you know, just breathe, you know, make sure your body's healthy, take these nutrients, da 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 da, and it will come. Is there a, I want it now, what drug can you give me right now to make me pregnant? Are you finding this oh that mentality? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, a lot. Mm. And it, 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 I find myself having to re-educate people so much before we even start, if we start, because some people just really don't like the idea of having to start through a process. Yeah. They're like, nope, give me the pill. Dr. Oz said there's an African mango pill <laughs> that can do this, you know, in 30 days. Where is it? It's natural. It's like, no, natural medicine is not so much about the supplements, the botanical medicines, the homeopathy, and all of those things which are powerful if used correctly. Yes. Um, but because I'll put that caveat, but it's really about respecting your body mm -hmm. and respecting the processes that are there. And many times people don't need as many supplements or things as they think yeah. they do if they just correct those. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like in anything we do in life. We we have to prepare. If you're in business and you you know you've got a meeting, you prepare for it. If you're, um, you know, meeting people and trying to, um, you know, put a program together, you've got a business plan you have to put together. All of these things are done step by step. They may be tediously boring to some people, and it's not their personality type, and they're the people that are going to actually deliver the business plan. So they're the gong hoes. So when it comes to that planning. And that, uh, you know, step by step and making sure things are kind of properly aligned to make it happen. They're not 
they don't like that process. They generally hand that process over to someone else. So it comes to their own lives. It's very hard for them to take that kind of backseat and let nature be the dictator as opposed to themselves. Exactly, exactly. And I try to explain to them in a practical manner as well. Say, look, okay, we can go this route that you want to go, but you may spend thousands of dollars more than you need to. You know, because I believe you spoke earlier about the lineage and the legacy, and that's truly a part of what I do, Sarah. I don't advertise it that way, Mm -hmm. but that's a part of what I do. Leaving a legacy and living a legacy, because I believe in enjoying life as well as leaving Mm -hmm. a legacy um, now, is very important. And so things are assets. And so it's how you use your asset. You can turn an asset into a liability really quickly. And that's a whole other story for home today. But, <laughs> um, you know, you just really need to just reevaluate. It doesn't have to take as much time as you think. Mm-hmm. Yes, it may take more than 24 hours, <laughs> but you'll have lasting effects, which is more valuable than anything you could have ever gotten. Yeah. And, you know, something uh, worthwhile uh, you know, is, is something worthwhile really investing in. And I think also, I think for a lot of other people, it's like, well, you know, I've, I, I've got married cause it was expected of me. Now it's expected to have the kids and it's just following this expectation of societal's, uh, dictation. And it's really maybe not something they're ready for themselves. Um, you know, they're <laughs> not ready to really, really understand the commitment of a child. That child is forever and for the first 18 years or more it's 24 hours a day forever and you know you will always worry about that child they'll always be your babies um even if they are 10 feet taller than you uh, you know, it's just that natural. Yeah, I have to look up to my son and my daughter. <laughs> and, you know, they're kind of making fun of me. I always say to them because I'm getting on in age and none of them are anywhere near having children. And I don't want them to because then they're, they're not in relationships that are yet kind of stable and they're still too much adventurous. And I want them to have that in life before they think of having children. Because when you have a child, it is that commitment. It is that forever. And... It's a responsibility um, to that living person that's being given to you um, to look after, to guide. You don't own a child, folks. They're not your property. You are their custodian. You're there to guide and nurture them into um, being somebody that is uh, fruitful and beneficial to the community and to the world and to themselves. But I'm going to probably be one of those grandmothers where they're pushing me in a wheelchair with a baby, you know, by the time they get there. But if that's where it's meant to be, that's better. So, you know, parents, don't push your children to go out and get married because they're now 22 or 23. You know, let them have their fun. Let them have their career. Let them go and do what they need to do and then find the right person to have those children with. And when they do have those children, understand the time commitment, the nurturing commitment the investment that they need to make in that child. What beautiful pearls you just shared. (laughs) Because that is very important. And they're so lucky to have a mother like you because like you mentioned, there are not a lot of people that will 
can be that patient because I know you do want grandkids eventually one day, but you're being patient and respecting again, that natural process because you, you understand that that will cause more conflict and trouble than needed later down the line. If they just rush into things for, for other people's expectations. So my son, my son has just, um, and his girlfriend have just got a uh, French bulldog that happened to be death. And they found out once they got mm-hmm. it. And of course, it's an endearing, cute, little, ugly mutt, you know. <laughs> you can see how cute because they are. Yeah. And, you know, he just melted. You know, I mean, he is just papa. Now, oh, isn't she cute? Oh, look at what she can do. And everything is about this dog, you know. So I know he's ready for children emotionally Mm -hmm. but uh he's not ready because he's starting a new business he's got goals that he wants to meet and he knows over the next couple of years that it's going to be very very heavy to get into that goal so it's like i'm dying to have the children but i'm not going to have them until i can invest that time or and i'm not worrying about money which is a huge thing today right we have to think of the money when we're having children exactly exactly Exactly. And I think that a pet is a happy medium there because they are aspects of having a pet is like having a child. So you will get really good training to see if you really want that at that point in time to take it a step further. Yeah. And who is the, you know, who's the nurturer? Yeah. I mean, he's been like that since he was a kid. I remember we bought home this kitten. Uh, It was a rescue kitten. I think it was only about four weeks old and I had it tucked in my in my in my sweater uh, carrying it home as it was near my heart and um, he was what I think 14 13 somewhere around there and uh, my daughter jumps out of the car we've got a kitten oh I don't want a kitten kittens are you know just for fluffy little things and I bring out this little beautiful kitten (laughs) and he looks at it and and he takes it in his hand and it literally fit in one hand and oh so adorable (laughs) that was it and then I'm seeing all these teenagers come over that, you know, have um, have hit that puberty hormone uh, age and deep voices and, you know, near thunderical march that they have at that age. I've come to see the kitten. <laughs> it, was, it was just so funny because they're trying to be so hip and macho. And then as soon as they got this little kitten in their hands, everybody was just putty. <laughs> she's 14 now and she still has that effect to the cat. So, um I think actually that is a very key thing. I don't know if you notice, it's hard for you to notice this in a practice, but in general, watch how people treat animals and you will know how they will be able to treat a child. I just wanted to let that soak in for everybody listening on the call too, because that's really important because we don't really know how we're going to react to things until we're usually in the situation, no matter what the situation is. We can talk all we want yes. to. <laughs> yes. Living it is a different thing, isn't it? And and I do find that if yeah. people are not respectful of animals, they are not going to be respectful of... They'll be all gooey over the child when it's cute. But when that child starts playing up or having temper tantrums, you know, there's going to be a different response to that child. And on another serious note on this one, if you have temper issues... Please get them sorted out before you have children. Please. I've done too many shows on bullying and it starts from this insecure parent who cannot cope with what a child goes through. You know, the general 
two on the floor kicking and screaming and they don't know why. Um, if you have somebody who has a temper issue, be man enough or woman enough to own up to it and seek the guidance you need to deal with it so you do not impose it on your children. Please, we'll have a much better world if you are a big enough person to deal with it before you parent that child. Now let's go back to something mm. fun. <laughs> no, but that was very important to address because we are examples for our children Absolutely. and the kids around. And that's part of that step one we were talking about, addressing things that we need to address in our own personal lives before we bring in another mm -hmm. life. 100%. 100%. And I don't know if you've seen that commercial where you see little kids pretending to drink and smoke and uh, like slurring at each other. And then you kind of what these kids are doing. And then you see uh, it pan out to their parents doing that. And they're mimicking their parents. And that's another thing. You can't criticize the child if the child has learned from you. So be the reflection that you want your child to learn from. I agree. Is there more of a trend today amongst the younger people to, as you said, and, and a lovely piece that you put in there, birthing their careers, um, you know, treating a business, especially entrepreneurs, as their baby and, you know, nurturing that. Do you think that somebody who does that in their business actually becomes a better parent? I think so, because again, they start to learn because when you're starting a career or building a different career or starting a new business or building a different business, you're still learning so much about yourself. Mm -hmm. You're learning so much about what and can't do. It's just really, it's something that really, I don't, I take it to heart because I've been in that place before where you have to really step back and see how you are responding to things and start to take note of that. And I think that's very good training for becoming a parent as well, because you're going to go through a similar process. Yes. Yeah. Again, it's that reflection, isn't it? You know, how you treat your staff, how you treat your clientele, um, you know, how thorough you are in your business it will actually show how dedicated you are going to be to that child. Because to that child, what are you? You, you know, you're the protector. You know, you're the um, the food expert, the, the medical expert, the counsellor, uh, the coach. I mean, you wear so many hats with a kid. And you may find that there's a couple of hats that you're not as good at. And maybe mum's better at that or grandmum's better at that. And that, you know, we don't expect somebody to have to wear all hats perfectly. But to know which hat is perhaps one that they cannot wear and that who else in their community in their family community is better at wearing that hat and letting that person wear it for that occasion i completely agree because that's one thing that we tend to try to do if we try to do yeah. it all and we're not meant to do it all that's why i always i have to joke with myself and say this too sarah so i'm not exempt but yeah, um yeah. <laughs> but i have to step back and say there are three billion more there are billions and billions of people on this earth for a reason if one person could do everything, they wouldn't need everyone mm -hmm. else. 
we're not meant to do that. And we need to step back and realize that because that takes a lot of stress and a lot of pressure off. And when you don't have that stress and that pressure, your body's able to relax more so too and do what you like it to do versus what it needs to do. So it's very important on so many aspects to realize that. To realize we need the community, we need the village. Um, I I think Mm -hmm. just about every single show I do, I mention the village and getting back to the village. In a village, everybody did what they did. You know, you had the horseshoe guy, you had the the baker, you had the butcher. Everybody was an expert in what they did. But they also understood that they only survived by being there for each other and supporting each other. And I think in the last 20 years, especially, especially with the Internet, which is fantastic. This show is by the Internet. But we have to look at things that can really make us advance, have a tendency to also pull us back. And in this case, the Internet has pulled us back and made us very insular, where we're just here at one with the computer and the world out there and not participating with it in building a community. Um, even in these high rises, you can still have a community in your high rise. Do it floor by floor. You know, this floor is this community or, you know, this block is this. Mm-hmm. It's If you haven't got that village atmosphere kind of out within your arena, make a village atmosphere. Have events, pull people together, uh, support one another with each other's children. You know, be there for each other. You know, somebody's going for a hard time, help them. And if we don't get back to that village nature, we're going to find it very, very hard to raise our children or in case getting pregnant because we've put so much strain on us. Also, hey, folks, you generally need somebody else unless you're going to the infertility clinic and getting uh, artificial insemination. You're, You're going to need somebody to get pregnant. So, you know, you want to meet somebody that's going to be there for the kid and that you're going to love and hopefully be with for the rest of your life. And that means you've got to get out there and participate in life and not just look at it through a box. Exactly. Because I will say I cannot believe right now we're in the part of the year we are. Mm-hmm. Um, time yes. flies. So it's like just just decide today. If you're listening, just decide today to do one thing. Just decide today. Pick a day this week or this weekend and just decide what what you're going to do. I'm going to go out and I'm going to look at my local health food store and see what activity they have coming up. And I'm going to mm-hmm. go just one step at a time. Whatever you decide to do, whatever your interests are, if it's bowling, if it, whatever it is, just just decide to go and just do no no commitment. Because I know some people have an issue with commitment. You have to start somewhere. Just no strings attached. One event and start there. Let's talk a little bit about we're talking about fertility and and obviously there's one subject I want to get onto is most certainly uh, you know what nutrients one can take in in a way where your body needs to be healthy in order to, for it to happen. But also for the people that, you know, do want to have kids one day, but not now, who might be kind of particularly fertile. They get pregnant easily and they don't want to. Or, you know, they've already got a few kids and they don't want any more. Have you got any tips Mm -hmm. on that for people that are, you know, A, preparing, you know, what health things they can do? I've given you a two-party here. And also for those that just, you know, don't want another child right now, but they are particularly fertile. 
Yes. So I would start by saying for the ones who want to prepare, I would say they're the best point right now. If they want to prepare, but at the same time, they're willing to wait at least another year for something to happen. I do feel like those are that's the best time to do it because you have time to work on yourself, rebalance everything in your body and then go from there with having that healthy baby. So for those who don't necessarily want kids right now or they've already had their fair share of kids and they don't want to um, have any more, I would always say go back to the basics. Make sure you're using proper protection. Um, If you want to do something more permanent, there's a tubal ligation. There are a lot of um, options out there for that. But just really assess where, how far you are willing to go to prevent that pregnancy and just go from there and get advice based on your particular health situation. But um, stepping back to preparing for pregnancy, I really do feel the first step for both parents because you hear people talk about pregnancy and fertility and they usually just stick with the woman. But 50% of everything comes mm-hmm. from the man. So he, whether you're in a same-sex relationship or whatnot, you still need a sperm. You need for it to be healthy. Yes. <laughs> Just as healthy as that egg. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Uh-huh. Sarah, no, were you going to no, say no, something? No, 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 no. I totally agree with you. you know, because those genes are made up of both family members. And if you've got somebody who's you know, is not well, they're going to pass that on, aren't they? So... Exactly. If you know that you come from a, a a family of heart disease or, you know, cancer or whatever else, it's up to you to take whatever preventative message, measures you can and to be as healthy as you can at that time of conception. And also to know that in raising that child, to give them all the nutrients and everything they need to avoid ever getting those particular diseases themselves by prevention. Exactly. And that starts in the womb, believe it or not. So by the time someone knows that they're pregnant, they're pretty much already providing the the most important foundational nutrients and minerals and other immunoglobulins that that baby needs to develop into a healthy human being um, before they even know that they're pregnant. So that's why it's very important to start now, even though you don't want to have a child within the next year or so, start now with building that foundation because then when you are pregnant you found out that you're pregnant, you've already started to provide a great foundation for that baby. And I'll give an example because I think those are better to understand. So um, we'll use the hypothetical person named, let's say Pam. So with Pam, she knows that she has some thyroid issues. She has a low-functioning thyroid, what they call hypothyroid. And she needs to work on that. She's gained a little bit of weight. um, And she knows she's pre-diabetic. Of course, she wants to address those first. Because I... Sarah, you would not believe how many times that a a client has come to me and they've been to other specialists before and they still have these issues going on and they're trying to get Mm -hmm. pregnant. I'm like, did they skip over the foundation? We need to address these things first. Nothing's going to stand. The building won't stand if the foundation (laughs) isn't secure. Right. Exactly. And you're wondering why you can't have a child. Like a lot of people are able to get pregnant with those situations. So I'm not saying they can't have kids just because they're in those particular but situations. But they shouldn't have kids if they're, no. you're putting so much. A, the child's not going to get the nutrients it needs and, and the, the strain that is putting on your own body. It's not good on both sides. Exactly. I call it unnecessary yeah. stress. That's what I call it. We have enough stress 
physically, mentally, and environmentally that we cannot control. Mm. Let's deal with the ones that we can control to give that you and the child a better opportunity and chance to survive at, at an optimal level. Because now we have kids, one out of two, soon to be, one, well, one out of three, soon to be one out of two kids are born autistic. Then we have the issues with allergies and asthma. We have the issues with diabetes. Those are all because those kids didn't, whether the parents knew it or not, they didn't get that great foundational yeah. start. Um, people are not thinking as beneficial to breastfeed. Mm. There are things you get in breast milk that you will not be able to get anywhere else, especially out of any other yes. bottle. I, I'm, I'm a huge so, breastfed. I, I breastfed two of mine to 10 months and one of them to two and a half years. In fact, people used to joke that she'd be going to boobaholics when she grew up because she just didn't want to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet she's and healthy. she's the five foot 10, a healthy girl. Yes, exactly. And, uh, but there's also, you know, besides the fact, the convenience, it's always at the right temperature. It's always there. It's that wonderful connection and nurturing that you have with a child. And, you know, it's, it's a bond. It's a wonderful bond. But I, I go back to when I conceived, because again, you know, considering I only had the one ovary and tube, you know, conception was quite miraculous on its own. But I was never told about nutrients. Nobody ever asked me about what was my health state? What am I doing for my health? Um, oh, yeah, you can go and buy these vitamins, um, med, uh, pre-med, or is it? You know those pregnancy vitamins. The yeah, exactly. That you that uh -huh. you get over the you know over the counter. Uh, yeah, I suggest you take those. But nobody said change your diet or you know these are the type of things you're going to need. Um, even when I was monitored, yeah, your iron levels are low. Watch that. Eat more liver. You know, I mean, I didn't get any of that health. Now I ended up having healthy babies, but if you looked at me, I was depleted. So when those babies were born, all nice and healthy, you know, mum was depleted. And uh, it took mm -hmm. me a long time to recover after each pregnancy because my energy level was so low. Babies had got all my nutrients. I didn't have any subsidy. So it is essential that you make sure that you are getting those extra nutrients in your body because your baby is getting them in order to grow. You need them in order to survive because now you've got a baby that's going to be demanding on you. 24-7 and to be fed to be looked after all hours and you don't have a chance to just sleep and recover so those nutrients are very important exactly and that's why when people come to me and I start where I, I mentioned that I start and they say well I don't want to worry about me. I want to, I want the yeah. baby. I'm like, this is going to be the best for you and the baby because once you have that baby, that baby's going to need rightfully so yes. attention from both yeah. of you. And so in order for that to happen, you need to be at your energy peak. You don't have to have the recovery time that people talk about. It's only because we're, we're basing things on a sick society. Yes. Just like blood work is based on the sick society. And so we don't have to be at those standards if you don't want to. So let's let's talk a little bit, Sarah. Let's get in the practical nitty gritty of the yes, nutrients. Please do. So the 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 number one nutrient that I would recommend for every single woman, whether she's deciding to have a baby tomorrow or a year from now, would be folic acid. Mm. Very, very, very important. And I would say at least 400 micrograms of that because that's going to make sure your baby's developing heart, 
brain bone structures are all developing beautifully and wonderfully. Mm. That's one thing that you need to have in place before you even know. And the most important thing about that too is that it helps to decrease the chances of what we call spina bifida. So that's a, a musculoskeletal um, condition that's completely avoidable simply with folic wow. acid. And yeah, not, so, not something you want your child to be born with, uh, spina bifida. So no. most certainly if it's just simple, you know, folic acid, that is a preventative. Stop looking to cures, folks. Start looking to prevention. Thank you. Exactly. And it's not that expensive. It's really um, to get good quality. You want to make sure it's good quality, but it's not that expensive to find something like that. It usually comes in a really good prenatal vitamin or your B vitamins. You'll see it. Just make sure it's 400 micrograms of that. The next would be fish oils or some type of oils, omega-3 oils, just to make sure, again, that those tissues are supple inflammation is decreased in you and the baby Mm -hmm. because there are babies that can be born with inflammation issues that can lead to all types of health issues such as heart disease and diabetes. Um, You want to make sure that the fish oil is free of mercury um, because heavy metals tend to be heavy there because, you know, the fish supply. So you want to make sure you find some mercury-free fish oil, but that's really important to have. Um, And for the fats for the brain, because, you know, we're all fat heads. Mm -hmm. So our brain is over 90% fat. So we need good fats because the body's going to use whatever fat that's provided. So if you're eating junk fat, trans fat, that's what it's going to use. And that's why you're going to feel foggy brain. You can't think straight. Exactly. (laughs) Thick head. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. If you use good fats, you will have good thinking. So make sure that's number two. So we have the folic acid and we have the fish oil. Next, you want to have a basic, basic prenatal vitamin. Um, This woman that came to me, I think it was about four months ago. She was a a shorter term client because she just needed support and tweaking. And her obstetrician actually told her, Sarah, you wouldn't believe it or not, to take Flintstones for her (laughs) prenatal vitamins. I was like, I don't believe you. I can't really. Seriously. (laughs) Well, I, I won't even the go there on, on on so many <laughs> levels other than to say it, it is a laugh. <laughs> yes, I cannot believe that. So I would say just for everyone listening right now, no Flintstones vitamins. There's too many other vitamins on the market. But what I will say without going into detail about percentages of nutrients that needs to be in the vitamin is make sure they're free of artificial colorings and preservatives. Mm-hmm. We mentioned we don't need all the extra junk in it. Make sure, if you can, they're organic or food-based. If they're not, um, that's fine. You work with what you have. And you want to make sure, again, that that folic acid is present in that prenatal because that's going to be really important. And, you know, I think there's another thought here, too, that, you know, when people say, yeah, but that's also expensive. Uh, Children are expensive. If you can't afford to do this, and in preparing for that baby and taking these nutrients for your own body and in preparation of that baby, you can't afford to have the baby. Uh, this is where we say investment, investment of time, investment of effort. And yes, folks, investment of money. Children are expensive. And we need to start investing in them even before conception. 
if you want to have exactly. a healthy child because if you have a sick child then the cost goes up even more and you know and let's put it you know some children are just born with with you know um, health issues that are beyond the parent um you know something that could be a throwback or just something weird and they may have looked after themselves through their pregnancy and you know don't beat yourself up if you do happen to have a child born with something and you knew that you looked after yourself through that pregnancy um it's just maybe that child's calling as sad as it is but we we have to look to the investment if you cannot financially afford to put these nutrients in you in preparation to having a baby or through your pregnancy then you're not going to be able to afford to have a child rethink get yourself into a positions of no you're not putting financial stress upon yourselves when this child comes because babies do cost money exactly and the baby will feel it yes and and this and this goes back to what we talked about before for with the unnecessary versus necessary stressors. Mm. And there are some environmental factors that we don't have control of or um, a typical doctor does not um, check for. Um, so you aren't aware that that's something that you need to address before you have a child. Mm. So that's why some kids can be born into that situation. But on this note, Sarah, you remind me of a big don't for a person that's um, preparing for pregnancy. And that's don't detox. If you're going to detox your body, you want to wait at least three months before you start to actively try to become pregnant again. Because once you start moving those toxins in your body, that's what's going to be available through your bloodstream to that child as well. So you really want to be very careful Mm. about all these fat things that are out there that don't offer these type of disclaimers that are very, very important. Because detoxing is healthy, yes, it's natural, Yes, but there's a timing for everything. What about people who are juicing? You know, like regular, I mean, I I love juicing and I know that Mm -hmm. it it has a good, you know, building as well as detoxing effect. Is is that uh, just as detrimental or are you talking about really heavy detoxing? Heavy detoxing. And I will, that's a great question about the juicing. So if you've been juicing for a long period of time and you don't do it every so often or every quarter only, then that's completely fine because your body's acclimated to that. You probably removed most of the heavy burden or um, what I call the closet toxins. Mm -hmm. Um, So your body's just doing its daily toxic removing which is a completely different thing but you're you're right so if you're juicing for the kind of the fat effect i call it because there's so many people talking about so many things nowadays um (laughs) you're juicing for the health effect folks (laughs) the health effect yes 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 so then you really want to take the time to do that and go through that phase first and then wait a little bit before you try to conceive but if you're Juicing is a part of your lifestyle. You do it every day, every week. Then I wouldn't worry as much about that part. Are there any things that, you know, uh, when you're trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant, that is an absolutely no-no to take? You know, if you're used to putting ginger or, you know, beets or whatever in your juice or, or, you know, foods that you eat. Are there certain things that are, are just a taboo when it comes to are you trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant? Yes. And we talked about a kitty earlier. So let's go back to that. So it's not that you can't have a cat, but going back to the community and your support team, you should not be changing your own cat litter. So that's a big no, no as well for um, mainly 
bacterial and viral reasons. There are some things that can be transmitted easily through the mother to the baby that can harm the baby. So you want to make sure you have your hubby or your partner, whoever that is, changing the cat litter and you're not around it. Um, if you just have to have a cat at that particular time. Um, so you don't have to get rid of the cat, but just make sure you're not anywhere around the litter when it needs to be changed. So that's one. Um, I would say Ginger's perfectly fine. Ginger's great for nausea. It is. So, up hot water when you're feeling nauseous and that morning yes. sickness, folks. It's great. Yes, yes. Oh, and that. let's talk a little bit about that myth of morning sickness too. So some people may experience morning sickness, but and that's due to, mainly to the hormonal changes in the body, but that doesn't have to be a rites of passage for pregnancy. So I just wanted to throw that out there. If you don't have morning sickness, you're still normal. Um, everybody just experiences different um, hormonal rebalancing within their body for the baby. I had enough morning sickness uh, for at least 10 people who didn't have it. See, so Sarah was gracious enough to take care of that for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as, as one so doctor said see. to me, you're allergic to your own pregnancy. <laughs> They're just happy to be inside they their were mama. Very they happy. wanted they wanted you to know that they yeah, were there. It's the same with them coming out as well. <laughs> Ooh, this is another it great is. one. I and you know, I'm going to have to have you back because we're coming to the end of our time now. But I'm going to have to have you back, and I can see a round table forum coming up here as well. Um, and uh, I, I'd love to have you along with uh, Suma, our health practitioner, and uh, and uh, maybe uh, Joanne if I can get her back on again. Um, who is actually um, a midwife. And, uh, you know, I think this could be a very interesting conversation because there's a lot more to be learned here. But for today, I'm afraid we have come to the end of our hour. So I thank you so much for all the information that you have um, have given us because it's just the tip of the iceberg. But uh, um, we need to get more out there, folks. So plan to have a baby. And if that baby comes along um, unplanned, you know, invest in yourself and be prepared to invest in yourself in every aspect in preparation for that baby to come. Sarah, I love the way you think. I look forward to the round table and thank you so much for having me. And yes, it's a process, but you can do it. Absolutely. And it's worthwhile, folks. When you get that baby in your arms, it's worthwhile. Until they start wanting your car keys. <laughs> On that note, that's another subject altogether. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's been wonderful having you on the air and we will speak again very, very soon. Bye for now. Thank you, Sarah.